But as we face a new year, it comes with new complications. In fact, one of the greatest barriers to us being successful in the coming year is fear. Fear. Fear of the unknown. Fear of the what-ifs. Fear of the unexpected. But you know, as Christians, God himself promises you that you're going to be living with him someday. And because God is always faithful, that word fear should not even be in your vocabulary. But it is. But when we learn to believe in the one who is worthy of all of our praise, worthy of all of our trust, when we begin to truly believe in the one who is worthy of our worship and worthy of our love, then we begin setting ourselves up for an amazing 2024. See, God's got an antidote for fear. God's antidote for fear often includes things that me and you take for granted. See, sometimes we take for granted the fact that God answers prayers, even those ones we've stopped praying. God's antidote for fear often includes things like him keeping promises, even those ones that we stopped remembering. God's antidote for fear often includes revisiting those purposes for our lives, even the ones that you and I have stopped considering. I read where U.S. News and Report once said that Americans are feeling increasingly more fearful and anxious with every passing year. They're saying that our fear and our anxiety is actually growing. That report said that there are over 15 million adults that suffer from fears ranging from overdue bills to domestic terrorism and everything in between. But here is where the rubber hits the road, y'all. Those fears, those anxieties, they cost us an estimated 43 billion, say billion, 43 billion dollars to treat those fears that come from anxiety and life. And it don't matter whether you're rich or poor. It don't matter whether you're healthy or sick. 
It doesn't matter if you're educated or illiterate. Fear and anxiety strikes virtually everyone at some point or another. So this is something that even Christians need to learn to deal with effectively. And it does happen to virtually everyone. Did you know that Napoleon Bonaparte, Napoleon who conquered almost all of Europe, had a fear of cats? Queen Elizabeth I, the Queen of England, actually had a fear of roses. I've been stuck by those jokers. I know I got a fear of that too. The father of psychoanalysis, Sigmund Freud, he had a fear of crowds. No wonder he wasn't a Christian. But even billionaires, like billionaire like Howard Hughes, he had a fear of germs. So everyone from A to Z at some point struggles with this difficulty. The world is full of fear, isn't it? We all struggle. But did you know that fear was prominent even in the very first Christmas? Now, it's precisely because of the very first Christmas that fear should no longer have a hold on our life, even though it does. But in 2 Timothy chapter 1, the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. Did you hear that, church? God has not given us a spirit of fear. If God didn't give it to us, where'd it come from? It comes from another source. If God didn't give it to us, that means it's unnatural. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Therefore, it must come from other places. Like the sinful world we live in, perhaps. Perhaps from a selfish view of our lives. Or worse yet, maybe from the arch enemy of God, Satan himself. But God hasn't given us that spirit. No, 2 Timothy 1.7 goes on to say that God has given us a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. So today, as I make the case for a fearless 2024, I want us to remember three truths for those times in your life when fear tries to creep into your life. You might call them the three fear knots for 2024. The first of which is this. Fear not, God answers prayer. In, in Luke chapter 1, in verse 5, the Bible says that there were in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias. 
He was of the division of Abijah, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, listen, blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. And they were both well advanced in years. So while it was that Zacharias was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell on him. That unnatural spirit of fear that God did not give him. He was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said, fear not. Fear not, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. If you don't know which John this is, this is John the Baptist. And you will have joy and gladness, and you many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And listen to this. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God. Fear not, my friend. Your prayers are being heard. But maybe you've quit praying about something. Perhaps that health situation has become so second nature to you that you don't feel like healing's in the books for you. And so you just quit praying. Maybe you feel like that person that you've been praying for for eons, man, he ain't never going to get his act together. He ain't never going to come to Christ. And so you just quit praying. Maybe you feel like that relationship you're in or that relationship you're looking for, no, it ain't never going to change. So you kind of just give up on praying about it. But listen to me, friend. If God answered the prayers of Zacharias and Elizabeth in their later years, then God, in his timing and in his perfect way, he will answer your prayer too. Fear not. God answers prayer. And God knows your heart. He knows very well what you're going through. He knows your hurt and he knows the tears that you cry when you're all alone. He knows. And listen to me. God is listening. God is listening. You just stay the course. 
You keep praising Him. You keep worshiping Him. You keep magnifying Him. And by all means, you keep on crying out to Him. A man after God's own heart named David, he did just what I'm proposing. And I want you to just listen to his declaration of God's blessing. In Psalm 138, David wrote, I will praise you with my whole heart. Before the gods, I will sing praises to you. I will worship toward your holy temple. I will praise your name, your loving kindness, and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. In the day when I cried out to you, you answered me. And you made me bold and gave me strength in my soul. I read where a woman named Martha, or Mary Crowley once said, Every single evening, I turn all my worries over to God. How can I do that? Well, I figure he's going to be up all night anyway. Amen? Won't you turn your worries and your fears and your anxieties over to someone who can do something about it? Amen? Fear not, my friend. God answers prayers. But your second fear not today on the last day of 2023, as you look to go in to a brand new year, I want to encourage you to fear not because God keeps his promises. Going back to Luke chapter 1, to the familiar scripture that we've been kind of preaching throughout the Christmas season. In verse 26, now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled. She was fearful. That spirit of fear entered into her. And she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting is this? Then the angel said to her, fear not, Mary. Fear not, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And he'll be great. And will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob. How long? Forever. Forever. And the end of his kingdom, there will be no end. So for 600 years before... God's people had remembered the prophecy concerning God's promise. And here, the prophet Isaiah reminds us that, that Mary would indeed give birth to a Savior, that long-awaited Messiah. That, that Old Testament prophecy had become a New Testament promise revealed. And throughout our Christmas series, we've seen time and time and time again where God kept his promises. Yeah, it may not have happened when they wanted. That's our problem, isn't it? We give up. If it don't happen in my timing, 
then I give up on God's promise. It may not have happened when they wanted, but it happened how God wanted. It happened where God wanted. It happened through whom God wanted. And praise God, it all happened for the reason that God wanted. Do you know the reason? Our eternal life. Our eternal life is the reason. If you would, go to 1 John in chapter 1. Actually, 1 John chapter 2. And you might as well just keep your finger in there because we're going to be going back there. In 1 John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2 and verse 24, John writes, Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And here, listen up to this, verse 25. And this is the promise with which he has promised you, promised us, say it with me, eternal life. This is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. You see, friend, God hadn't forgotten them. He's promised to you. He hadn't forgotten the promises of the Old Testament. No, he hasn't forgotten his promise that he made to you. You see, God cannot lie. It's not in his nature. It's impossible for God to lie. What God says, he will do. God made a promise. He said, this is the promise that I promised to you eternal life so fear not god hears your prayers fear not god keeps his promises but your third fear not is here it comes fear not because god has a purpose for your life I was reminded of brother kevin's christmas message to the children and to the youth and to the adults and to all of us about purpose Go with me to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5 and verse 1. The word of God says, So it was that the multitude pressed about Jesus to hear the word of God. And that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them. They were washing their nets. They done called it a day, y'all. And then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put out a little from the land, and Jesus sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. But when he had stopped speaking, Jesus said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night long. And we've caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they had caught a great number of fish so that their net was breaking. And they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both boats and they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. 
And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee. And listen to what Jesus said to Simon Peter. Fear not. Fear not. From now on, you're going to catch men. Fear not, Jesus said. From now on, you're going to catch men. And so when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all. They forsook all and followed him. As we prepare to receive in 2024, I want you to relax in the knowledge that God loves you. Relax in the knowledge that God loves you. Bill, how do you know? Well, do you remember in Luke chapter 12 where Jesus asked uh, the multitude that had gathered to hear him, he said, are not five sparrows sold for just two copper coins? And not one of them is forgotten by God. But the very hairs on your head, or not, Brother Tim, but the very hairs on your head are all numbered, even the little ones. Therefore, fear not. Therefore, for you are of more value than many sparrows. More value. Friend, God loves you and he has an incredible purpose for your life. That is why he went to such extraordinary lengths to save your soul. Because he's got a great purpose for you. I read where someone once wrote that if our greatest need was information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need was technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need was money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need was for pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was for forgiveness. Therefore, God sent us a savior. Since God took these extraordinary measures to save your soul, to save you from the bondage of sin, since he went to these extraordinary measures, your purpose must be extraordinary indeed. Your purpose must be very, very important. But sadly, many times we allow fear to blind us from our purpose. Maybe we fear getting out of our comfort zone. And as a result, we don't ever share the good news of Jesus Christ with another living soul. It's too uncomfortable. Maybe because we fear embarrassment, we never venture into that ministry that we know God wants us to be part of. Maybe because we fear giving up something like our time or our effort. Maybe we fear like uh, fear giving up even, yeah, our money. And as a result, we never sow good seed into the lives of others and listen carefully, especially into the lives of the next generation. Time, your effort, 
and the resources that God has given you. And then what happens because of our fears? We get robbed. We get robbed of what God wants to give. We get robbed of the blessing that God wants to give us. I was reminded of Israel as they stood at the precipice of the promised land. They're looking at it. She looked good. It looked like it would be a great place to live. And then Moses reminded them. We departed from Horeb and went through that great and terrible wilderness. You know, the one you saw on the way to the mountains of the Amorites. As the Lord our God had commanded us, we obeyed. And then we came to Kadesh Barnea. And Moses said to the nation of Israel, I said to you, you've come to these mountains of the Amorites, which the Lord your God has given us. He's already given it to us. Look, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up and possess it. As the Lord God of your fathers has spoken to you, fear not, neither be discouraged. So God had already promised the land. He'd already given it to it, given it to the nation. But you know what they did? They said, well, we probably ought to go check it out first. It looks good from here. But we probably ought to go check it out. Maybe we should go send some spies in. Well, you remember what happened, don't you? The spies came back with a report that was negative. Oh, man, there's giants living there. Man, we'll get slaughtered if we go in there. And so what happened? They were robbed because of their fear. Robbed of the blessing God wanted to give. All because of their fear. But John said in 1 John 4:18 that there is no fear in love. God loves you. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. So, we need to address what is my purpose here? What is the purpose of God for your life? You need to know that today. You need to walk out of here with a firm grasp on what your purpose is in life. I mentioned last week, Isaiah 43, 7, where the Bible says, everyone who is called by my name, God said, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. So, what's your purpose? Your purpose is to glorify God in everything you do. In everything you do. And God's purpose hasn't changed for our lives since the days of Zacharias. Same purpose. The purpose hadn't changed since the days of Elizabeth and the shepherds and Mary and Simon Peter and James and John. The purpose is the same. God wants to reveal his glory through you. God wants to reveal his glory through you. Now, I told you to keep your finger there on 1 John chapter 2. Because I want you to hear this in verse 18. John says, little children, 
It is the last hour. It is the last hour, and you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For had they been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you, listen carefully, church, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. You have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ he is the Antichrist. He is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. And whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. My friend, listen carefully. You have an anointing from the Holy One. You have an anointing from Jesus himself. You have an anointing. Do you know what your anointing is? Your anointing for 2024 and the remainder of your days is to glorify God by making Jesus known. That, my friend, is your anointing. I don't know what gift of God he's going to use, through you to make Jesus known? It may be a beautiful voice. It may be a heart for teaching. It may be a desire to, to go and speak the gospel. I don't know. But I know what your anointing is. And that is to glorify God by making his son's name known. That's your purpose. That, friend, is your reason for being. That is your high and holy calling. That's the reason you're still here. The reason you're still here, that, friend, is how you can glorify God in 2024. So I want to encourage you, fear not. God wants to reveal his glory through you. But God also wants to reveal his goodness through you. Go back to 1 John chapter 2. Down there in verse 28, John says, And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, how many of y'all know Jesus is coming? When he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. Now, i got to be honest with you. I am thankful for doctors. I'm thankful for dentists, and I'm thankful for surgeons. But those professionals will be the first ones to tell you that they only practice medicine. They only practice dentistry. They only practice surgery. 
Now, I'm grateful that most of the time they get it right, but not always. We've all heard of surgeries that have gone haywire. We've heard of wrong diagnoses. Anybody had a root canal before? Holy smoke, man, he blew that one. That ain't no fun. But I want you to notice what John said about practicing righteousness. You know that he's righteous. We also ought to be practicing righteousness. Now that means that most times we ought to be getting it right. Most times we ought to be getting it right. But sometimes I'm liable to blow it sky high. Can anybody testify to that besides just me? The bottom line is this. God wants to reveal his goodness through you. But every time I blow it, I make it that much harder for him to do. Therefore, in the coming year, I'm going to be more careful. I'm going to be more careful about being seduced by temptation. I'm going to be more careful about being seduced by sin. I'm going to be more careful because I know that somebody is always watching me. How many of you know somebody's always watching you? And I don't want somebody thinking because they're watching the likes of me. Well, if it didn't work for him, probably ain't going to work for me. To think that someone views the Lord our God by watching us is more than a little scary. But it happens every single day. Somebody's watching you. And when you blow it, that's how they view your God. So what view of God are you giving people who are watching you? Are you practicing righteousness? Getting it right most of the time? What view are you giving him? Are, you, are, are they seeing God's goodness in you? Or are they seeing the world's evil in you? Are people seeing spiritual fruit or are they seeing fleshly appetites when they watch you? Because people are watching you, are they seeing the glory of God in your life or are they just seeing you in all your glory? There's a philosophy that has infiltrated our culture that says, you know, it doesn't really matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. Well, listen to me, church. It does matter what you believe. It does matter what you believe because what you believe determines your relationship to God. What you believe also determines how you relate to other people.
What you believe determines the eternal destiny that's in store for you. It matters. It matters, all right. Because one day, every one of us is going to stand before Almighty God, and we're going to give an account of how we've lived our life. For we who are saved, it'll be for how we lived our life since we got saved. Called the beam of judgment seat of Jesus Christ. He's going to say, well, what have you done with what I gave you? What have you done with the salvation that I afforded you? So therefore, now is the time. This is the last day of 2023. Now's the time for us to get it right. Now is the time to be certain of what you believe. Be certain of how you believe and be certain why you believe it. Now's the time. Do your beliefs match up with the Word of God? Does what you believe measure up to the Word of God? Or have you kind of been taken in by the spirit of this age? That which the Bible calls the spirit of Antichrist. I didn't say it, the Bible said. You see, the Antichrist is the Bible's name for a very specific individual who will someday lead people to rebel against God Almighty. But that word Antichrist also means a spirit that triggers people, even believers. Triggers people to oppose the lordship of Jesus Christ. See, many times, friend, a person will get saved, become part of the church. They'll practice righteousness, getting it right most of the time. But they still have that spirit that opposes Jesus being the boss. That's what I tell our kids when I'm trying to explain lordship. He's the boss. And many times we oppose that. And it's as old as the Garden of Eden, y'all. Y'all remember the story, right? Eve, in full support of her husband, Adam, he's right there, and they've rebelled against the commands of God. They are ignoring him. They are choosing to make their own decisions, and they are ignoring his wisdom and ignoring his rule. It's the spirit of the Antichrist that appeared that day. And it's been here every day since. That lawless spirit, it invades every part of the world we should live in. It's filled our universities these days. It's filled our businesses. And sadly, it even infiltrates our churches. Because even a Christian sometimes wants to be the boss of their own life. Therefore, it is vitally important, friend, that you know what you believe and why you believe it. It is vitally important that you believe that the Bible is the Word of God and that He rules over your life. It is vitally important that you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that you believe that Jesus came in the flesh and He's the only way to be saved. 
It's vitally important that you believe that Jesus died on the cross for full payment of your sins and mine. It's vitally important that you believe that Jesus rose from the grave because we can't have a dead Savior. It's vitally important, friend, that we believe that the Holy Spirit of God indwells the believer and seals us as children of God. And finally, we got to believe that Jesus is coming again. That he's coming again and he will take us to our eternal home that he's been busy preparing for us for so long. Here's how John said it. In 1 John 4 and verse 2, he said, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and is now already in the world. Can I just tell y'all that if you ain't got Jesus, you ain't got nothing. If you ain't got Jesus, you ain't got nothing. Everything that this world offers is temporary and empty at best and only offers death and hopelessness at worst. You ain't got Jesus, you ain't got nothing. And the Bible says that this world is passing away and the lust of it, the desire of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Friend, today, the opposition to Jesus Christ may seem very powerful. The opposition to Christians and the way we think may seem very powerful. The opposition to the church may seem very powerful. It may even seem like they're winning the war. But you make sure you know that Jesus is the Lord of creation. And he will have the final word. In the meantime, you just be sure you know what you believe. You be sure you know why you believe it. So that you can communicate the truth of God to a hungry world. That's also a large part of your purpose. To communicate the truth of God to a hungry world. So... In 2024, fear not, God still answers prayer. In 2024, fear not, God still keeps his promises. In 2024, fear not, God still has a purpose for your life. So, as you head into the new year, are you lost or are you saved? As a Christian, as you head into the new year, are you devoted to him in every way? Or if you're honest, you've been a little bit half-hearted. Today, the last day of 2023, is it time for a course correction? 
Is it time to deepen your devotion? Is it time to cast out that fear? See, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. I pray you're heading into the new year with a renewed sense of your purpose in God's sight. And I pray that great and mighty things are going to occur for you and through you for the glory of God. Because all in all, that's why you're still here. That's God's purpose for your life. Let me pray for you. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the blessing that you pronounced on your people thousands of years ago. But I believe that the same pronunciation of the blessing you provided for Israel applies for your people today. So, Lord, bless us and keep us. The Lord, make his face shine upon us and be gracious to us. Lord, lift up his countenance upon us and give us peace. Father, there's only one significant change in the way I spoke that blessing and in the way you spoke it thousands of years ago. And that is you didn't use the word us. You used the word you. Let every person in this room today Receive the blessing of God on their lives personally, individually. Well, I know you want to bless your church. I know you want to bless this congregation. I know you want to bless the body of Christ here. You also seek to bless us individually. So, Father, let us determine today whether we're lost or saved. Do we want to go into a brand new year lost, hopeless, and fearful that if we were to die, heaven would not be our home? Or do we want to give our lives to Christ, humble ourselves before his sacrifice, and receive what he did for us on the cross, and go into the new year as a born-again child of God? Lord, for those of us who have been Christians for some time, let us look into the mirror and examine ourselves. Let us determine, Lord, whether we've been walking in a life that's been devoted to you or walking in a life that's been a bit half-hearted. Lord, I pray for your direction to give us a course correction if we stand in need of it. Lord, thank you for your people. Thank you for our Savior. And thank you for loving us as our Lord and our God and our Father in heaven. Father, bless this decision time. Lord, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. 
for any decision that needs to be made this morning as we finish out this year and head into a brand new one. Lord, I pray that you'll be exalted by the decisions your people will make in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen.